Our text today is taken from Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. What do you really think about our church here? We gather each week. What do you really think? How should you look upon it and judge it? To do this, it's really important to know oh, what the local church should be like. It is in the early uh, chapters of Acts that we see the, the foundation, the beginnings of the New Testament church and can learn some of the vital principles of what our church here should be like. And as you look at chapter 2 of Acts, we, we see that Peter has been preaching. It is this sermon that gives the context for our text. It was the day of Pentecost, that great feast, and multitudes had gathered. We see the multitudes there. In verses 5 and 6, they had heard the apostles speak to them in their own languages. And there in verse 6, they were confused, they were confounded, because they had come from different parts of the Roman Empire. They spoke different dialects and Different languages as their, their mother tongue, their heart languages. And yet, the apostles had been a enabled by the Holy Spirit, miraculously, to speak these languages. So each could hear the glories of God spoken of. This great miracle that had a very mixed reception. We see in verse 13 words of mockery. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They thought that drinking wine could enable people to speak new languages. How ridiculous. It was then that Peter took them to the scriptures. And verse 14. And stood up. And in verses 16 to 21 he turns them to the prophet Joel. Verse 16. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he goes into that prophecy and he explains some of it to them there that day. And he moves on to preach Christ 
to preach how God has worked. Verse 22. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. The miracles were undeniable. The truth was clear. But they had rejected the witness of God to them. Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. See, God was working out his purpose, his sovereign plan. But then we read, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain him. They were guilty. He showed them their sin, their responsibility before God for what had happened. He went on to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. The exaltation of Jesus. And as they had heard this message that we read verse 37 now when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do there was great conviction fell upon the people they knew they were guilty they had done wrong before the holy God how terrible it is. Have you ever known that sense of conviction? That knowledge that you are guilty before God? Have you ever cried out, What shall we do? Peter then proclaim to them Jesus Christ. He said, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. There has to be that turning be baptized. Those who have faith in Christ. Show that faith. Show their identification with the death of Christ. In the waters of baptism. And as they come out of the waters. They are show forth. They have been given new life. It's not the water that saves. It is faith in the finished work of Christ that gives remission of sins. Baptism is the answer of a good conscience toward God. The church was marked by this powerful preaching 
And so, at verse 42 we read, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That doesn't just mean that they heard the message preached on the day of Pentecost, and that was sufficient doctrine, sufficient teaching, sufficient preaching for them to go on in the Christian life. That was important. That was vital. It's actually telling us that they continued hearing the preaching. Continued hearing the teaching. The life of the church was marked by the apostles teaching, the apostles doctrine. This was foundational. This enabled them to grow in knowledge and in love. As newborn babes, we are to desire the sincere milk of, of the word. A baby has to be fed regularly. It has its first feed, but it soon gets hungry. The sign of life in that child is that it does get hungry. It soon lets you know, if you've ever experienced a newborn baby, they have a powerful way of telling you they're hungry. Those early disciples had a hunger for the word of God. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. How is it with you? Do you know this desire for the word of God? Do you have this desire for the apostles' doctrine? We don't have the apostles with us today. Their ministry was completed. But we do have their teaching. We do have their doctrine. We call it the New Testament. It's with us. We can study it. Read it. Seek to proclaim it and understand it. It is food for our souls. We have the Old Testament, which was the scripture, which was the word of God that they used, even as Peter preached here from Joel, and then uh, from Psalm 16. We have the same scripture that they used, and we have the doctrine and teaching, the New Testament scriptures that they gave us. As God has given us, may we value it, may we listen to it, heed it. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And secondly, we see that they continued steadfastly together in fellowship. 
there is to be this fellowship, this togetherness in the church. The Apostles' Doctrine, the good news, the remission of sins in Christ Jesus through repentance and faith, joins us together in Christ. John chapter 12, John chapter 1 verse 12 we read, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. By adoption, we can say, Our Father. When we say, Our Father, there is that togetherness. There is that fellowship. Romans 12, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. This is to be very practical. It's not just a sort of theoretical knowledge. It's to be worked out in the life of the church. We are to have fellowship. We are to have that togetherness, that loving concern, that humble submission. We are to have the mind of Christ to esteem each better than ourselves to put other people first and what a wonderful community there is as Jesus said by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples that ye have love one to another this is fellowship. This is the outworking of the truth of the Apostles' Doctrine. We are adopted because of the finished work of Christ. And therefore, we are joined together in Christ. And that is to be seen. And where better to see it than in the local church? Members one of another. They continued in fellowship steadfastly. There's a perseverance in that. The Christian is not called upon to be isolated not called upon to be a hermit going off to seek some private place of solitude and private devotion as we read in Hebrews 10 verse 25 not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching you see, meeting together is not primarily about the blessing that I'm going to receive. It's about being a blessing to the others. And when we don't meet together, when we could, we are depriving 
everyone else of the blessing of our presence, our fellowship, our encouragement. But we also, that's a responsibility as well, to help and encourage one another. If you see a brother or a sister overtaken in a fault, what do we do? We have fellowship. Ye which are spiritual, who are the spiritual? The disciples of Jesus, those who have new birth. Ye who are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself as thou also fall into temptation. There are responsibilities in fellowship. It's about what we can give. Humility. It's a blessing. It's a wonderful blessing which we should show forth the grace and mercy of God. So, we see that they, they continued in the Apostles' doctrine, they continued in fellowship. They did these things steadfastly. But thirdly, we read that they continued steadfastly in the breaking of bread. Our Lord gave only two ordinances to the church. And we see both of them reflected in this passage. Those who responded to the gospel message. Those who were added to the church, they, they were the ones who were baptized. Repent and be baptized. But that is a one-off occurrence. The ongoing ordinance in the church is the breaking of bread. Our Lord gave us this very simple time of communion to be regularly drawn as the Lord's people to remember his sacrifice this duty in remembrance of me but this is this is to be a time of spiritual review what do we read? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 28. These, these words, for those who are regularly at the Lord's table, these words become so familiar. Think about them. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. It's to be a time of spiritual self-examination, which is to lead to repentance and faith, to forgiveness and reconciliation, and then to sharing together in the emblems of the Lord's body. Do this in remembrance of me. We 
in fellowship together. Understanding uh, the doctrine, the truth, the meaning of his humble, gracious sacrifice. Partake of the elements until he comes. At the Lord's table, the Lord's people are all equal. Unworthy sinners saved by the grace of God. Experiencing together the spiritual presence of our Saviour, of our Lord, until He come. We see here too that not only did they continue in the Apostles' doctrine, which I hope you're beginning to see underpins the whole experience in the church it is because of the doctrine that we enjoy the fellowship it is because of the doctrine we have the breaking of bread they also continued steadfastly in prayer and it's because of the doctrine the truths the facts that we have prayer as the apostles doctrine was taught and explained day by day there was this Outpouring this response of prayer. Prayer very simply is talking to God. It's that straightforward. The disciples during the Lord's ministry had this request from Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Lord, teach us to pray. Do you know this desire to know something of what prayer is? Jesus explained to them there very simply. Prayer is about the everyday necessities. Bread uh, for the body. Forgiveness for your sins. Providential deliverance from sin. But it's also about the holiness of God. And it is in that context of God and who He is that we pray. There's to be that sense of reverence. We come as creatures before our Creator. We come with boldness because of the blood of Christ. Because we have that great high priest. We come. We come in prayer. We come and say, Thy will be done. In prayer we are to cast all our burdens upon him. Knowing that he cares for us. Writing to the saints at Philippi. The Apostle Paul shows us. That prayer is to be. The answer. In every time of difficulty. We have many difficulties in life don't we. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God don't let your mind be filled with care and anxiety rather pray give thanks there are always things we can be thankful for we can be thankful for the holiness of God we can be thankful that God is gracious merciful we can be thankful for Christ his sacrifice the wondrous good news the glorious gospel and there are many practical things that we can be thankful for when we have matters to bring before the Lord yes we are to cast our cares upon him we are to have this thankfulness too though we are not to forget all his benefits and blessings Paul in Philippians 4 there goes on to tell us that we are uh, to fill our minds uh, to think on things which are true he has a list of words there that describe things that are true just the psalmist said in Psalm number 1 verse 1 blessed is the man blessed is the man blessed is the man but he starts with a negative Psalm number 1 the psalmist starts with a negative blessing in your thoughts in your life starts with this negative blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of the sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful there are things we are not to fill our minds with but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper the whole of our lives we are to have our minds filled with the word of God rather than the things of this world and when we come in prayer if we have given attention to the doctrine to what the apostles taught the word of God if that's what's in our mind it will inform our prayers we will have the promises of God at hand we will have the attributes of God at hand we will know what God has done and what he has said he will do we can claim those promises we can ask intelligently for his glory for his will to be done this gives us something to judge our church by how do we measure up 
I suggest that each of us should start with ourselves. Our church is not perfect. Because we are not perfect. In many ways I'm the biggest problem in the church. And when each of us sees that. And comes humbly before the Lord. In repentance and faith. That's when the church can be drawn together in Christ. That's when we can enjoy the true blessings of fellowship. And meeting together at the Lord's table. And times of prayer before the throne of grace. This is what the local church is to be more like. Day by day, week by week. Oh dear friends. Do you know a love for the Apostles' Doctrine? Have you heard the truth of the Gospel? Jesus Christ, Him crucified. Have you cried out in repentance? The great cry went out from Peter. Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. This is about your soul, about your standing before God. And then, if you come in repentance and faith, you will be added uh, to the church. And you, by His grace and mercy, can continue in the Apostles' doctrine. Let us remember the words of our text. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. May we have grace and mercy to persevere as these early disciples did. 